They say when you're dead, you're dead. They say you only get one chance at life. But for childhood sweethearts Missy and Johnny, true love will never die. He came back from the dead for me. God, my boyfriend won't even pump gas for me. By God, if it ain't a zombie out with a living woman. What do you have against Johnny besides the fact that he's dead? He's a stinking zombie, you idiot. My dad will go berserk if he finds out I went out with a dead guy. You stupid dead zombie pond scum. There's a lot of prejudice against the undead. Whore of the undead. Tramp. Zombie lover. We want the zombie! Hey! Let's get out! Pretty damned active for a dead guy. Come on, let's get it, Greg. Hey, quit it! You're gonna kill him, you're gonna have to kill me. I mean it. Ah. My boyfriend's back. Well, I hope somebody eats a whole damn bunch of you. Also, like, that translates to eat ass. Welcome to Recap and Gown, a podcast where four old millennials talk about the high school and college movies from back in the day when we were high school and college students to find out what made the grade and what should have been held back. Representing the class of 03, I am your co-host Crooks. Joining me this week and every week, he sings like an angel and drinks like a fish. The class of 04's own Big Hearn, David Oscar Hernandez. What up, Dave? Not too much, man. I uh, switched to uh, vodka tonight, so we'll see how this oh. goes. Moscow, mm. it up, huh? Copper cup. Yeah, I yeah. even have the yeah, I even have the appropriate cup. Yeah, yeah. you have to. If you're having one of those in a plastic cup, I'm gonna judge the shit out of you. Yeah, no good. Yeah, like some kind of a uncouth. Also, joining us in the class of 03, she is one half of our very own Texas two-step, the one and only big sis, Megan Mills. What up, Megan? Hey guys. Wait, are we are we pulling the the name out of the cowboy hat today? I don't know. It's not the end of the month yet. <laughs> Oh, okay. Time machine right. here. We're recording on the 23rd uh, next week, I think. I was really excited to like wear it and do like a whole thing. So we'll do a thing. I'll have to save it. I'll have to save it for next week. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll do a whole thing with the hat. Uh, rounding out the two-step, this podcast chief reincarnation and trivia correspondent from the class of 01, Dana Griffin. What up, Dana? Not much. Um, I am not drunk tonight, so Ooh. no margaritas in this house. You were um, fucked last night. Was I? I was feeling it all day today. Like, there's nothing like having two margaritas and feeling like mildly like crap all day at work. And you're like, yeah, I mean, sucks. you were on some hot takes last night. I appreciated that. Yeah. Uh, you guys, we have a very special guest joining us this week. She is a producer at Gas Digital and the host of the podcast. The thing is, representing the class of 2000, Shannon Lee. What up, Shannon? guys i'm very sad that i am the oldest one good but i'm gonna put that in the back of my mind but um thanks for having me yeah spiritually dana is <laughs> light years older than you yes. she's <laughs> got a house coat <laughs> i do have a very like granny looking today too. <laughs> so it is. oh my god um all right so this week we are talking about my boyfriend's back from 1993 it is a time warp um it's available on Apple TV, uh, Amazon Prime, Google Play, and Vudu. Um, the synopsis via Rotten Tomatoes is a lovesick teen comes back as a zombie after bungling his scheme to impress a girl. 
And at first I was like, well, that seems pretty lacking, but I was like, what else would I write in here? That's, that's the whole movie. <laughs> that's it. That's it's, awesome. it's one sentence, maybe a phrase perhaps. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, a dozen words kind of sums it up, but yeah, that I, it feels short, but uh, no, you can't really add much to that. Um, big sis, you want to go ahead and give us a rundown of who's in this movie? Yeah. Um, well, I'll save my, my commentary, but there, there's a lot more famous people in this movie with good careers than I would have expected. Big facts. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you have Tracy Lind, who plays Missy, our, um, our main hero. You have Andrew Lowry, plays Johnny, which I'm actually not super familiar with him. Um, Matthew Fox plays Buck. Mm-hmm. Which I did not realize. Um, some actually some big names here. Philip Seymour Hoffman plays Chuck in a very unPhilip Seymour Hoffman role. It was We're gonna so talk about that. He's so yeah. weird. We're gonna so talk weird. about that. Um, Matthew McConaughey. So immediately, I I clocked him immediately in in the in the play. He um he plays guy number two. Yeah. Um, I'll say my fun fact for later. Edward Herman plays Mr. Dingle. Mary Beth Hunt plays Mrs. Dingle, who she's a hoot. Um, <laughs> Austin Peddleton plays Dr. Bronson. This picture of him looks wild. Um, yeah. Jay, Jay O. Sanders plays the sheriff. Danny Zorn plays Eddie. Paul Dooley plays Big Chuck. Cloris Leachman plays Rest in Maggie. Peace. Yeah. The, the zombie expert. Wow. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. Libby v- Valeri plays Camille McLeod. Uh, Bob Dishy plays Murray the Gravedigger, who was a weird character. Um, Paxton mm-hmm. Whitehead plays the judge in heaven. Um, Renee Zellweger was in this? What? The line got cut. Oh, she got cut. <laughs> I was going to say, I didn't see her in there. She didn't Editing make it. Floor. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. Um... I mean, this, whatever I'm looking at is a very weird order of the cast. So if I'm missing anyone, please shout out. But You're good. I feel like those like, are the big ones. I think you got it. The you whole cast made is made up names. of that guy. Like, yeah. this, is, this is a movie where everybody in the movie is like, oh, it's that guy. Like, I don't really know what I know him from, but the dad is of that guy. The mom is of that guy. There's a lot of those guys in this movie. Let's just get a bunch of character actors and see if they can act t- together well, with some interesting source material. It's a Bob Balaban movie, so like, yeah, a lot of character actors. <laughs> like, that's that's who he hangs out with. I, I was waiting for the Bob Balaban cameo, but it never oh, happened. Would have liked it. Would have yeah. liked it. Um, let's quick go around the horn here and give memories that we have of this movie, if we have any from before the pod. Uh, Dana, we'll start off with you. Um, so we talked about it off air yesterday. I thought I had seen this movie, um, so I feel like uh, in the early '90s. Comedy Central would just play random things. So I may yeah. have seen this one. There's also a weird movie with Steve Buscemi where I think he comes back from the dead. And there's a Jim Carrey movie where he's a vampire. So I think uh-huh. I had all these movies confused. <laughs> so I will say maybe I saw it. Okay. Maybe. It's possible. It's possible. Yes. Uh, Shannon, this was your suggestion. Um, what memories do you have of this from back in the day? Well, I feel like I have to um, preface this by apologizing for making you all watch this movie. <laughs> I had an awesome time. <laughs> but it was fun. The I don't have like huge emotional memories attached to watching it, but I do remember this being a time where on the weekends I would go to the video store 
with my parents and we would like select a movie. And so I'm assuming I was probably 12 or 13 when this like hit the videos. And so it was just probably something that was age appropriate possibly at the time. And we selected, I'm like, oh, that looks fun. And like we went home and had a family night and like giggled of the ridiculousness of the movie. I will say as a graphic designer, the cover art, like the, the box art, enticing. I would, I would, you would look at mm-hmm. that and go, this looks like a fun movie for like a teenage, you know, movie night to, to sit down and put on. I, I get how that happened to you. And you know what? No apologies necessary. Um, our best episodes where we can all just shit on a movie together. So I think this is going to be a fun time for all of us. Uh, Dave, memories of this one for you. I tried thinking back because um, like, like Dana, don't have any. No, this was a, I started watching. I'm like, nope, nope. None of this is ringing true. I, I feel, I, I couldn't feel like any of it had, I, I experienced it before. So yeah, it was brand new to me. But you have so many memories now to carry hmm. forward. There are I things do. that can't be unseen. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 forever. Uh, big sis, how about you? Yeah, no memories either. Although Shannon, I like totally could understand how this would make like the, the family movie night with like the, the preteen or the early teen, um, you know, finding something that was like relatively not, you know, ter- terrifying <laughs> to watch with your parents, but also like kind of a, a good time. So I could totally see that. But um, yeah, for me, no, no memories before. Yeah. Uh, same. Um, I had never seen or heard of this movie before Shannon recommended it. Um, when she brought it up, I like quick went to read the synopsis and I was like, yeah, this is, this is perfect. This is exactly it. Like, this is what we need in our lives. Um, I was looking forward to this, like for a whole week to talk about this one. Um, let's see here, Dana, as an adult, did this make the grade for you or should they have held this movie back? I did enjoy it. I, I just overall felt like um, the tones were weird. Uh-huh. But also, I had recently watched uh, Beetlejuice, so I was like vibrating on like that wavelength with weird movies from the early 90s. Um, so I will say it gets a passing grade. I will not actually apply a letter today, but it was like really silly, and I can give them the rest of my thoughts later. On a pass field, this passes for you. Uh, yes. Shannon, make the grade or held this back. I will say make the grade because it's fun. And it's funny, Data, that you mentioned um, Beetlejuice because there were moments where, I don't know if it's the angles or the colors or what it was, but I had flashbacks of Beetlejuice or of um, Edward Scissorhands. Like there were moments that connected me to those. But um, to give it a grade, I would say like a C minus because it's, it, it, it's like a car, it, it was like watching a cartoon. It's so yeah. ridiculous and not real, but it was fun. Yeah, I think that's 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 basically it. Yeah, um, Dave. See, I mean, it. I, I just did. I didn't get what they were going for. Were they going for something deeper with the whole, uh, you know, the living people against the dead people? The way that they talked to Johnny when he came back. I'm like, man, are you trying to make some some sort of a statement here and try to do like an allegory to? I just didn't get it everyone his parents attitude when he comes back they get over it really quick that a dead person walks through the door oh, we're gonna get and into all that just the, <laughs> it, thoughts. it didn't make any sense really um but i didn't hate it in the runtime got through it pretty short real real quick so it, it didn't ruin my life that way so yeah not good not bad 
Okay. All right. Big sis. Uh, oh. I don't know if I can pass. <laughs> I don't know if I can pass this one. Um, like oh. it's it's very similar to some of the other thing, the other movies we've watched in this genre of like Idle Hands and like yep. some other ones where I'm just like, it, it needed to be like the love story piece either needed to be like less of her like all of a sudden like be, I I don't know like it. It was like too much with her. I didn't like that that the, her actress Missy. Um, but if it was more about like him and all these like crazy like scenarios that he got himself into, I think I would have liked that better. Um, but like the the dripping all of a sudden, it was like the pre like vampire. I don't even like the vampire movies and shows that are out now. Um, and I feel like this was probably like the first one. Yeah. I know. Sorry. Um, be careful. This is, talk about yeah, the occult. I know. Weird, I'm a huge fan. Maybe that's why I like it. I'm like a weird yeah. movies. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm rambling now, so I'll just I'll just say I, I don't think I'm gonna pass it. The main guy Johnny was actually in Buffy the Vampire yes. Slayer. Also, there you go. Oh, yes. well, there All we right. go. That's there it needed. is. Like this is kind of a tough call for me. Like movie's not good. Um, not a not a good movie. I don't even think it's that funny. Like I think I laughed a couple times, but most of the humor kind of fell flat. Felt kind of cheap yeah. for me. Um, mm-hmm. However, I think we need to appreciate like that this movie came out at a time when this kind of movie was pretty commonplace. Um, the tone reminded me a lot of a movie called Stay Tuned, which I watched a ton as a kid. That John was Ritter, like, hell yes, yeah. John Ritter as one. his most John Rittery. Um, and like, I feel like that also wouldn't hold up now if I watched it again. But in 92, that was like fucking hilarious to me. Um, I did spend like most of this movie really confused by what I was looking at. But um, for the time capsule that it was, I think I have to socially promote this on to the next grade. Like it's, you're getting too old to be in middle school. You're driving. It's time that you're going to go to high school and like best of luck to you is kind of what I would say to this movie. Um <laughs> Before we get into a recap, do we have any fun facts? I do. Sis, your hands up. <laughs> raising your hand on an uh, audio right. medium. On an audio medium, I Thank forgot you. that raising your hand does yeah. not help. Um, Perfect. So actually, so this was Matthew McConaughey's first movie ever. Wow. Um, some might, yeah, some might think it's Dazed and Confused, but this was actually just before Dazed and Confused. Isn't it Texas um, Chainsaw Massacre the sequel? Uh, I thought his first movie year. was Dazed and Confused. Okay, I don't know anyway, which one was first. Uh, I don't know. Maybe ch- check, I'll my, look check my mouth. I'll yeah. Um, but so I just actually finished li- listening to the Matthew McConaughey um, uh, book, Green Lights. And he was actually talking about how he, when he was at UT Austin, he would basically just like leave class and do anything to like just get into movies because it was just harder to do, obviously, in Austin than in L.A., um, so this movie was actually filmed, it started being filmed in Round Rock, which is a suburb just north of Austin. Um, and then it was, I guess, only six weeks or seven weeks of shooting, because <laughs> it says six-week shoot continued in and around Austin, Texas, which I makes sense to, yeah. Longer than Jawbreaker. Jawbreaker was three <laughs> days, in and out. So. Yeah. <laughs> 30, um, 30 days. Yeah, it's it's wild, but that would totally make sense, uh, you know, why this would be his debut. Um, but also kind of related to that, it was originally called Johnny Zombie, um, mm. which like I think but I, it, makes, it makes more sense because it was like 
it was more about him and the fact that it was like my, my boyfriend's back suddenly became more about Missy, which I didn't really like that angle or that character. Not so, no, like, exactly. exactly. It doesn't even make any sense. And they didn't even pay for the song that they named in the movie after. No, that, movie, yeah. that song should have been in there. I, I thought, yeah. um, but it was, yeah, the name was changed just like really like basically right before the release it says. Um, so interesting. All right. All right. Any other fun facts or should we uh, get into this? Um, it's not a fun fact. It's just something that happened to me. Um, <laughs> so the song, like the boyfriend's back was playing in my head, but for some reason it turned into like the Hess trucks back and it's better than oh, ever that's Christmas. The, okay. <laughs> the Hess truck. Oh <laughs> man. Okay. You brought that up hmm. last night. I'm like, what are you talking about? And yeah, it is the Hess truck. You're it's the Hess truck. I've been singing it to myself. It like haunts my dreams. Well, so, like that's yeah. Now it's going to get all of us. So thanks a lot, Dana. Yep, you're welcome. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, okay. Let's, let's get into this. Um, first things first, we have, kind of a theme now of really well done opening sequences um well done okay well you know what yeah well done i'm an illustrator i'm biased here um but the frequent comic books to like advance the plot it worked for me that part's cool the voiceover too songy too weatherman didn't need it but yeah i guess the visuals were pretty cool yeah i you know i wanted um less of it like as an opening i liked it i didn't need it as many times as it kept on coming back to it but uh for the yeah. opening i'm like all right this is it's not as good as um don't tell mom the babysitter's dead like a full right. cartoon but I, I was okay with that that worked out okay for me Th- that's me in the back <laughs> wearing the fire <laughs> yeah, that no. was too much no. the voiceover the voiceover throughout the movie was bad i didn't need that to happen but uh the visual i was okay with i'll say that um, um I, I think there's just one part so the opening we have to like see them as kids for some reason and i was just really unsettled i don't know if it makes sense to talk about it here but he had lusted after missy since yeah. she was like six yeah and then she filled out in all the right places the line okay. continues but i like couldn't hear it my ears shut off so i was just <laughs> like i don't know what's happening the the fact that he said he had lusted after her for 12 years i'm like you were lusting after her in the second grade that's not all right, man. Like that's. I think it was like kindergarten, first grade. It's very well, well, yeah, first grade. I mean, pick a year. Like fourth grade, you shouldn't be lusting after anybody. Bad. Yeah. No, you you know what? I take it back. Did not like the opening. <laughs> you changed my mind on yeah. I thought Ooh. I liked it. Turns out, nah, didn't like it. Um, can we talk about all of the like surreal dream sequences that they that they have here? Uh, the first mm-hmm. one is the sex pep rally um wild weird to look at that uh like when it first started i saw the go johnny go banner in the stands i'm like all right i didn't realize johnny was the main character i'm like oh so they're having a pep rally with like the quarterback getting all the attention that's kind of weird to see this turn into a full-on fantasy about him like boning this girl in front of the whole student body all like cheering him on I did not. I didn't need. Uh, no, no, don't do that. Don't, don't do that, Johnny. Yeah. So that was the rude part, and then it ends with her dad, who I didn't realize Oof. at the time like was the town. Best line in the movie. He, he just like, the kicks him in the head. 
So I'm not going to say the line because I don't remember no, what it was. We'll save that for potent quotables, but it's, a, it's a great yeah. one-liner. Then yeah, he well, not only does he get shot in the end of his own fantasy, even in his dreams, he has a small wee. Like yeah, in his sex dream. He's like, oh no, I got this guy's got no confidence, man. None. Yeah. <laughs> no. Why is that how your fantasy goes? You should have like you know a big swinging hog. I I was very confused by why in he his fantasy nervous of a small penis. Uh, yeah. He was. I don't know. <laughs> you can't make it all right. Guy. Well, and that also that also follows like another sex dream that he had about her, where she mounted him in the middle of class. So now, yeah. in one class period, he's had two sex dreams about the same girl. Like, talk to somebody. Like, mm. like, what you're doing is not appropriate. I think that mm. the the mounting in the middle of class as the 17 year old boy that's understandable to be in my opinion a daydream that maybe your mind drifts off to as you know she's sitting near you in class but the the hearts on the boxers and sitting in the middle of the gym and then it ending poorly in both package size and getting killed it's 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 a little much yeah no he's a weirdo (laughs) like straight up but all but also like Already we're, you know, we're what, 10 minutes in, eight minutes in, and we've already had a, we've already had a comic book situation. So I thought, well, maybe we're going to go like in and out of comic book scenarios and it's going to like, that's going to make more sense for why this is such a crazy movie. But then now there's the the added layer of the dream sequences that like, you don't like, they're, they're not quite hitting right. Um, and then you have the voiceover. I'm like, which way are we going here? Yeah, like, you're doing a lot. Like, choose one. Yeah, they're they're doing everything they can to give us exposition, and like, none of it's really landing all that well. And oddly enough, the public sex dream with the small dick is the least weird of the dream sequences that we have because the next yep. one, uh, he has a date with Missy. Um, his ear falls off. Oopsie. Then he's got a dream where Missy like comes into his room at night to hook up and before i realized it was a dream i was like why are you going to sneak over in like a slinky nighty that's not sneaking in apparel in the least bit like wear something black like a hoodie some sweatpants, mm-hmm. some climbing shoes because i'm yeah. pretty sure it's upstairs i think um, I, I i think we needed more of the wavy lines like yes or like uh, a soft light put some vaseline on that lens yes soften that light up like a like a soap opera mm-hmm. yeah I- smoke machine it didn't take, it wasn't like that bad. I just was like watching it and I'm like, huh, she's just going to stick that nose back on with gum, huh? <laughs> yeah, you know, whatever you have. And then like, when the, and I was like, oh, okay, this is a dream. Cause like everything kept falling off. Well, the nose um, falling off, like that legitimately made sense in the world that they had crafted where his ear fell off. Cause she bit it sexually, I think. Yeah. That's, you're biting too hard. First and foremost, I get you're 17. You don't really know what you're doing. Don't bite that hard. Um, but like, like he sneezes, his nose falls off. Missy sticks it back on with gum. And immediately after that happened, in my notes, I sarcastically wrote, how long before his dick falls off? And wouldn't you know it, two minutes later, dick Blue? falls clean off. I was like, all right, I, I didn't, I, hey, I, I, I figured it was going to happen, but I, I didn't. My dick fell off, yeah. <laughs> that was actually, go ahead, sorry. Oh, I was a stupid joke. It did make a hefty thump when it hit the floor. So I think he's okay in the unit size. Yeah. Well, who knows, man? (laughs) I mean, they had like wacky sound effects for it falling down his leg. Yeah. 
I, I think it's like, you know, a valuable fear, not a valuable, a valid, sorry, yeah. fear if you're uh, a zombie that you're going to decay and fall apart. I just felt like he didn't look enough like a zombie. I have issues with the makeup choices, which I think you have a note about later, but like, yeah. you know, I was just well, like, he's inconsistent. just gray. Yeah. So well, I just forgot he was decaying. Like yep. they, they they clearly had no budget for prosthetics because his nose falls off and he just like has his hands up where the nose should yeah. be the whole time. <laughs> like, and I'm pretty sure when his ear fell off, we see his ear in some of these he's turned yeah, in, her like, well, in her mouth. In her mouth, like we yeah. see he plays like the next scene always turned kind of like profile of the camera so we shouldn't see his ear. But there's a couple of times where he like slips up and you can clearly see his earlobe at in the doctor's office. Like it's, you, you put something over it. Put anything well, over that, Bob Balaban. It said they had an estimated $12 million budget. I'm not buying Too it. much. Excuse me? Too much. Don't know where that went. <laughs> Excuse me? Don't know where that went. Bob Balaban. Who, who, who made this? Who spent all that? Yeah, and they're like, oh, oh wow. Buena, yeah. distributed was, by Bu- by Buena Vista Pictures, so it's distributed oh, by Disney. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. Oh my God. Okay. okay. Well, yeah, the, that this is a money laundering scheme. I think we all kind of figured out what happened here because this mm-hmm. cost thirteen dollars. Um, now, <laughs> the strangest of the dream sequences was uh, this restaurant scene where Johnny eats Chuck's dad and also thinks of eating Misty or Missy. Um, it, it it kicks off because he got punched like dead in the face by Missy's dad in what I can only term like a, a racist rage against zombies. He punches him in the face. You hear like birds tweeting around. Suddenly he's in this fancy restaurant where Chuck's dad is the entree. Um, he eats Chuck's dad's foot while Eddie, for some reason, is there cheering him on like, yeah, get that toe. And then Chuck's dad is just like shit talking about isn't like not eating him well enough, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you get Missy dressed up like Ellie Mae Clampett, like begging Johnny to eat her. I did not understand what this was, and it went on for so long. I can only guess that it's him, uh, his subconscious falling prey to this desire to eat people. And mm. since this guy, and I think it was Buck's dad, but I could be wrong. But Chuck it, and Buck this, should not be named Chuck and Buck. No, <laughs> what are we so doing? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, like he's he's coming at him. He's mad because he ate his son. Yada yada. I just think he's falling prey. I feel like I'm going to be doing a lot of defending of this movie just because I feel like someone has to. Listen, I've been there. <laughs> I did that with High School High for an hour and a half straight. <laughs> also, not to go backwards, but. The grave digger, when he comes out of the grounds initially, the grave digger is, oh, what's up, dead guy? Like, like this happens kind of on a daily basis. Like, it's cool. No and then he's also, like, the worst warning giver ever because he's like, don't leave. You can't leave. And then doesn't even go to tell him why not. And that's that he's going to be eating people until he's gone. He's like, eh, no biggie. He'll, he'll figure it out. I, I think we're left to figure that out by ourselves. Because even when yeah. he runs away, he mutters under his breath, you're going to regret it. And I'm like, well, <laughs> he's gone. Please tell me. Because I thought it was like, when I watched that, I'm like, all right, he's going to leave the graveyard and like transform into a real zombie or like become a ghost or something. Or like not not physically be able to leave, like bump into an invisible wall or something. And okay. it's like, no, no, just don't go. And yeah. then essentially he's like, well, all right, you left. Like, oops, you're, you're out there in these streets now. 
Right. Um, listen, that was a, a great segue because I need to talk about the rules of zombieism. I think mm. in this movie there aren't any in this movie. There are none. I don't know how you become a zombie. This is very um, much like um, Idle Hands. I'm not sure how they came back either. Well, in this, they do kind of explain it. And I do feel like the rules of being a zombie does vary greatly depending on what you're watching. But yeah. it does appear that the reason why he came back was because, like, heaven screwed up. Oh, that's right. They do cover that at the end. Where it's yeah, like, so duh. You, you fucked up. <laughs> yeah, that's, that did happen. For the whole course of the movie, though, and I think this kind of dovetails with um, – why no one cares that he's a zombie they don't explain it at all other than he came back to go to prom and i'm like uh that uh don't know why that's okay you just pop out of the grave holding a rose to go to prom um but then everyone that he meets is just like completely fine with a corpse walking into the room like we talked about the gravedigger, who I was convinced at the end we're going to get a reveal that that's Cloris Leachman's husband that came back to life. Oh, like, wow. We never saw him. <laughs> she, she's a zombie expert because her husband came back to life. That's really good. You should go back in time to this writer's room when they were thinking all this <laughs> oh, stuff up and figure that yeah. out. I'd have to battle really a cloud good. of cocaine, I think, to get to the writers. But yeah, I... That's where the budget went. Well, I'm sure. Um, yeah, so yeah, like Murray doesn't care. He's like, oh, hey, so you're a zombie. Just like hang out in the graveyard. Um, Johnny's parents, um, <laughs> he walks the into best. the house the day yeah. of the funeral, hours later, they're, they should be racked with grief. First of all, they seem fine. <laughs> like they don't seem bothered. Their son is dead. Well, no, they're sitting there like holding each other's hands. Like not really. They're just kind of staring off into space. <laughs> they, they, they look sad. I listen. But, I, I was I was but not, raised black, but not totally devastated. I, I, was I guess you... after a, after a funeral, you have a homecoming or homegoing. Everyone comes over, you eat a whole lot of food, put some Motown yeah. on, get drunk. Like they were sitting alone in their house. I'm like, someone needs to be with them right now. I don't I don't assume they were Jewish. They weren't sitting shiva, but like somebody should have been around the two of them in their grief that their son has been laid to rest on that day. And he walks in the house. They have like the Looney Tunes double take. <laughs> where they don't react and they hop up, whoa, what? right. And then like, all right, go out of the bed, son. Like they don't, they no. don't, they don't care. They are fine with their okay. dead son so, walking into the house. This is actually one part where I wish they would have like, like I actually kind of really liked the fact that they were like the, you know, the suburban parents who are just like, you know, a little bit too like, oh, that's nice, son. Like, oh, that's that's nice. You died and you're back. Like, oh, that's so great. Like, you know, I, I don't know. I just kind of really liked that trope. Um, it just felt like, to your point, everyone had that trope. And if so it, it like was, be, didn't become a trope. If it was just his parents, I'd be like, all right, I they're weird. We'll talk about them in a little bit. Um, if it was just them, I'd be okay with it. He walks into a classroom um full of people the teacher is like i don't care that you're dead you can't just come in late the students don't care that a, a dead body has walked into this classroom like yeah. we had we had a classmate die i think like sophomore year um she had cancer and she was very sick when she came to Niqua. um but like it was sad they have a they have a, a tree like um a plaque in our cafeteria with leaves for students who have died yeah. Oh. Yeah, I forgot that was a thing until now. 
Also, and, to, to, I'm sorry, but to tag on to right. what you're saying, not only did this young boy die, and it's like if we're all cool with him coming back and that's not startling, that's fine. But he also is a hero. But he yeah. literally saved this he girl's was life. Murdered. <laughs> yeah. He was he, murdered. He jumped in front of a bullet for somebody. And yeah. so while they're like ignoring that he's dead, at least be like, yay right. like clap when he walks in the room he's a hero but that was i mean ignored. put him up on your shoulders and like <laughs> carry him around the school building they no one gives a shit like nobody cares that he's back missy doesn't freak out or scream like when the boy she just watched die in front of her walks yeah. into the classroom uh the aforementioned buck and chuck are like more pissed off that a dead body is talking to Missy than they are like freaked out that a dead body is talking to Missy. Um, and there's Dr. Bronson, who I don't know what he is, but apparently zombies are like part of his regular medical practice because mad scientist. Yeah. <laughs> he's mad a scientist. scientist. He's not at all phased that Johnny like has walked in and is deceased. And then he like knows just who to send him to and is very nonchalant about the whole thing. Like, I, I'm trying to think of any movie like Teen Wolf. When they realized he was a werewolf, they weren't like, okay, you're a werewolf. It's cool. They're like, well, we'll use this for basketball. But like they they didn't think it was like a normal thing. These people did not give a shit that a dead body is like kicking it, eating the cafeteria, trying to bite people and shit. Would it have been better if like one person was weird about like <laughs> I don't know. It's like, is it better if like one or two people are like, ah, and everyone no. else is like, ah, it's no, just, just not even just kid. one like, one person while he walks by, like, <laughs> you guys aren't seeing this shit. Look at this. I would have, I would have loved if there was like a guidance counselor or like one kid in the school who was like, okay, I'm I'm very scared of what's happening here. We see him. There's a shot of him in the in the library where there are thousands of books on zombies, apparently. And he's like in the school library sitting next to this girl who is one foot away from him moments after he tried to eat his friend Eddie and she is not bothered in the least bit. Like not even moderately bothered that a reanimated corpse is next to her reading about being a reanimated corpse. Also, she's like, when he looks at her as if she looks delicious, yeah. she's just like, don't you dare, as if <laughs> to like slap his hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, he's like licking his lips as though she's a cartoon pork chop. Yeah. And she's like, oh, don't even do it, man. You knock that <laughs> shit off. Uh, it was very strange. Watch it. I, I really expected, like I when I first started watching, I thought Murray in the, in the graveyard was going to think he was like supposed to be there. Like, you know, somebody who was just like in the, in the, you know, the cemetery to be in the cemetery. Um, when he realized he was dead and had no reaction, I'm like, well, okay, I need someone to sit me down and talk about why that happened. And they never really explained. Yeah, exactly. The, the fact that he knows like how this goes. So we know that this has happened once 15 years ago, but yeah. something happening once every 15 years isn't enough to make you react like it's a common occurrence. Yeah. So if this is something that happens more often and dead people aren't allowed to leave the graveyard, why aren't there lots of dead people walking around the graveyard? I don't know. Give, give me one one other one at least as like a spirit guide for this dude. Like, right. like you said, okay, so it happened 15 years ago. I think it's been less than 15 years since all those like lions and tigers escaped from that zoo in Ohio. If that happened again, I wouldn't be like, well, there goes that lion. 
Like, <laughs> I know what happens now. Like, it's it's a weird thing anyway. So yeah, that that was something. Um, no, this is it's it's interesting. It's not the zombie apocalypse like we we've, we've no. seen on like the Walking Dead. It's the zombie occasionally. This happens. <laughs> zombie hangout. It's, it, it's it's a different zombie concept. It was it, it, it was refreshing, frankly, after all the zombie stuff that we've seen in yeah. movies and stuff coming out. A wacky movies zombie years. is fun. I'm okay yeah. with a, a wacky zombie, like the zombie from Hocus Pocus. Like a sure. wacky zombie is okay with me. But I was like confused. Back to the makeup thing. It's like, can you at least like have him be like grayish the whole time he's a zombie? So nope. I'm like not confused. Yeah. No, no, sometimes he's really gray. Sometimes he's ordinary skin tone. <laughs> it looks like they made him do his own makeup. Like he had yeah. one of those makeup sponges and <laughs> right. just went like this real quick. Touch yourself up see. real quick. <laughs> it's, it's really weird. Like, it's like they weren't even trying. You had $12 million. <laughs> Supposedly. I don't know. IMDb. You know, I've been burned. You know, and um, in 1992, that's like $100 billion. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Inflation yeah. is like a bit. Inflation. We're that. fucked, aren't we? Um, yeah, that's, that's terrible. But, but like, even if like, because I think they ultimately say it was like four or five days or something once he gets to heaven, which I honestly totally forgot that that happens at the end of this movie. Because um, I have lots of questions about it. So maybe we'll come back to it. But like, could he, it's, he's been undead. He only nibbles on Chuck's stomach, if we're being honest with ourselves. He ate part um, of his gut. But like, shouldn't he just be like, start looking like worse and worse? Like maybe like the, he gets like darker circle. It's, it's, I've done zombie makeup and I can barely do regular makeup. And like, I could do, but I could, call me next time we have to do my boyfriend's back. I'll work for like scale or whatever here Listen, in Austin. But they they established that twenty like buying biting a person gives you twenty minutes of like not dying time. Mm-hmm. So I mean I don't know why Chloris Leachman has it down to a science like that, but like one bite, twenty minutes, okay. Um he let's say he's been gone for four days. I understand that Philip Seymour Philip Seymour Hoffman is a bit of a portly gentleman. He had kind of a gut. That might have been, I mean, six hours worth. And like his his ear falls off. I would have thought by the end he'd be like the Black Knight from uh, Monty Python, like just limbs falling off everywhere, yeah. face is missing, right. like your like like a out. like more of a death becomes her, like a big hole oh, in the stomach, straight through. You gotta find a way head, to make head death turn sideways or all the way around. Yeah. yeah. Also, <laughs> when his- talk about that one. His ear gets nibbled after like, you know, a day and it falls off just from a gentle nibble. Yeah. But when he goes to her house and climbs up the thingamajiggy on the side of the house where he's hours <laughs> away from his like final death, he's hanging from his whole, from his whole body weight is hanging from one leg on his foot. Totally and that's, fine. he can, he's like, oh, my muscles hurt. Ow. But they don't rip <laughs> off and totally fine. He's totally fine. Right. Um, it, at the end, his big like, oh my God, I really died moment was just him like getting tired and falling down. <laughs> like things should be falling off of you. You yeah, should, stomach you should ache. look like a leper. Yeah, he had a, he had a tummy ache and like a, a, bit of a, a bit of a dizzy spell and that was it. Well, that's like also at one point, which I feel like we're, we at some point do have to explain how he dies because that's a wild plot point. Yeah. Um, but at, like, Chuck's dad gets mad, so the townsfolk go hunt him. He is shot in the chest. <laughs> over point blank rage. Multiple times, and it's like, oh, God, ew, God, ow, guys, that hurt. Like, ew, it tickles. Like, it was not a big deal. <laughs> but then he gets, like, punched later, and it's a problem. He gets and, punched like, and knocked out. And, like, something else happens, and I'm like, you were shot yeah. with, like, 
rifles, shotguns, and you were like, ah, it's fine. But then when you get punched later, and I can't remember the other thing that happened, it is no big deal. But yeah, he was, like, he was they, afraid of getting hit by the axe when when Chuck was swinging the axe at him. He was like panicking and ducking out of the way and shit. Like well, you're basically invincible. I don't want like more things to fall off me. Like if I, I have a choice, know, I guess. Um, but it just seemed like the inconsistency over what it meant to be zombieing, what can and cannot happen, what you can and cannot take. It was just very weird. They just yeah. didn't care. Um, listen, if we're gonna talk about. Um, the whole the way that he died i think we need to uh jump into some love at first semester here this is a love story all right so we need to talk about it's a love story we gotta talk about the romance um okay so to set up how he dies let's just stipulate that he is joe from you he's obsessed with this girl never talked to her uh doesn't really know anything about her he's other than Preston. she's not. He, he's Preston and Preston. He Preston. He's Preston, yeah. who's also Joe from you. All these guys, yeah. dad sacks, they're all Joe from you. And he, his plan, so he asks her to prom um, like an hour after he finds out that she's broken up with Buck, which is like, I mean, well, it's, it's just like Ken Hardly Away. Yeah, it's Ken Hardly Away with zombies. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Now, He's he's had the the multiple sex fantasies with her about this point, and he's he's going to ask her to prom. Buck shows up with a full on marching band. They get back together, so then he calls his buddy Eddie and is like, "Okay, here's our plan. We're going to stage an armed robbery of her convenience store. You pull a gun on me, I'm gonna like kung fu kick the gun out of your hand, and that will yep. make her fall in love with me." Which is like, that's not what's gonna happen. Like, even in a perfect world, that's not what's gonna happen. But it did happen, though. <laughs> well, it it's did great. happen. It's a hell of a grand assumed, gesture, man. Yeah, back I when no women were in, involved in the writing of this movie. Back when you used to have, uh, you know, water guns that looked like actual real guns. Yeah. For a second, I had I I had missed that it was a water gun at some point. I don't know if I fast forwarded or, or whatever. I'm like, did they bring a real gun to to, to do a <laughs> fake robbery? But but no. But yeah, they, they, yeah that was back when guns look like real guns the yeah, guns. no orange chip or anything and so no. in the process of his buddy um i guess like practicing what to do in this robbery a real like armed robber shows up steals eddie's fake gun then walks inside does an actual armed robbery i a little bit judge johnny for not recognizing that this is not eddie's voice or build like this is a different person clear as day uh that guy goes to shoot missy who is obviously grabbing a baseball bat from behind her like not quickly she's very slowly grabbing this bat they slow mode it so like let's give her i mean she's she's staring right at him like do it in a, in a clever way have it under the counter not like hanging up behind you we have to turn your back to get it and also he, why is she working in a gas station i mean small town yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. Is it? She's like I, the head cheerleader. She is the head cheerleader, I would assume. We didn't see her leading the cheers. But, I mean, in uh, you know last week's episode, we also found out that Violet was the head cheerleader for one minute and never went anywhere. So, who knew mm. what she was doing after school? Um, but he dives in the way of the bullet. He gets shot in the chest. As he's dying, he's not in pain, apparently. Because he's not like, oh my god, I'm, I've been shot. He's like, will you go to prom with me? And she's like, 
sure. Like you're, you're <laughs> dying now, so okay, fine. Fine. Yeah. Since so, you're dying, fine. Yeah. So that's our setup. That's our meat cute. <laughs> the meat cute is him dying in front of her. Well, like also, no one runs to call nine one one. Are they just like, ah, it'll take, it'll take forever to get here. He's Nobody cares. Shot. He's dead. Whatever. Sorry, Johnny. Like, Eddie didn't ahead. try to tackle the gunman. Like they just, he, they're just okay with him dying and justice never coming for him. Well, no, like he hit his buddy hits the gunman over the head with something. So the oh, that's like right, with the out. with the ketchup bottle. Yeah, yeah, that, that the just, yeah, break. That's right, just mm-hmm. a hard ketchup bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, now it does seem like Missy only likes Johnny because everyone tells her like it's gross to be with a dead body. Um, yeah. like her her yeah. first reaction when she first sees him and he's trying to like mac on her is like, Oh, you're dead. Like, I'm not going to go on a date with you on account of you're dead. And then Buck and Chuck show up and like treat him badly and tell her to stay away from him. And right away, she's like, no, I'm, I'm in now. Like I'm, I'm into this now. Like, you know? Yeah. Necrophilia is my game yeah. now. Um, they called themselves us decent living folks. <laughs> I'm like, I've heard that tr- where have I heard people say things similar like that? I'm like, oh, we'll get to it. Yeah, I, it was it was just very strange because every time someone tells her to like stay away from the flesh eating monster who has a crush on her, she just wants him more. And I'm like, I this is not healthy behavior for a teenage girl. Is this a zombie rule though that I'm not understanding? Which is like zombie is what seduction. My hypothesis. Well, is it like? part of like being a zombie and you're around someone and if you have like a connection with them, like suddenly they're like under your spell. Like That's vampires, I Meg. I already- You mean like glamoring people? Like oh, vampire glamour? You guys, Stop I already said me. I didn't, I already said I didn't um, like <laughs> delve into this, you know, genre. So you you're guys thinking of a Dracula. <laughs> I feel like it's just like a step up from like a bad boy because she's already dating kind of like the jock, which is like a bad boy type. I'm sorry, my cat's tail. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I feel like this is like you know she's already dating kind of like the bad boy of the school. Well, maybe maybe Buck is more the bad boy, but you know the jock. And then she now this dead guy is someone that has the stigma attached, and she's going after the bad boy. I think it's kind of like that thing to her. Yeah, that's that's kind of the impression that I got. Like, she wants to be with him because everyone's like, "This is a bad idea," but they're not like, "Oh, it's a bad idea" because he like smokes cigarettes, you know, and 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 drives like a Trans Am. It's like this is a bad idea because he is going to try to eat you. Mm-hmm. Like this, yeah. you're you're going to die if you hang out with yeah. him long enough. Um, Fair point. <laughs> yeah, and with so. with with Dave and the good decent living folks, this movie. Um, oh. I was going to make an army hammer joke. But it's Do fine. it. No, 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 it's fine. Army no, it's, moment's gone. Moment's gone. It's, uh, <laughs> army hammer wants to eat people. Exactly. Um, it's like a thing. I mean, this is her kink. Yeah. This could certainly be her kink. This could be a, a, what was that guy? Anthony Magnata situation. Look him up if you don't know that one. Oof. It, there are several podcasts about him. It's. Wait, uh, you mean Luca? Luca Magnata. That's the right. Yeah. The Luca Canadian. Mag- oh. Yeah. The, the yeah. don't fuck with cats guy. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he no, I gotta watch he that. No good. He no good. Watch it once, never again. Bad man. <laughs> so yeah, yeah this, that could be her kink. Um, but the movie, for some reason that I can't explain or rationalize, decided to make this a pretty heavy-handed allegory for interracial couples. Yeah. 
Um, if you just like insert the N word every time somebody calls him a zombie or a dead boy or whatever, it'd be like right at home in the early sixties. <laughs> like, so, I do feel like, I mean, they're obviously doing that, but this taking place in the early nineties, I feel like they're doing it not to make a political statement, but as a joke. Yes. This is treated as a joke. <laughs> this, <Yeah>. is not, <laughs> this is not right. treated as like a see what it would be like. It's not a imagine what it would be like if. Not like get out. <laughs> right this is not get out this is like isn't this funny in this we're treating him like a black person isn't that funny uh-huh. <laughs> like yeah uh don't they do the same thing in edward scissors hands like yes I movie in like forever. Uh, yeah. Yeah. pleasantville when they actually yep. turn black and white yeah. well, that was after they mm. was... we'll cover pleasantville we probably won't cover was he a teenager in edward scissors hands i think they were I think yeah, we'll, so. do, we'll do that we'll do that one too <laughs> for the next spooktacular but yeah, I um, they're like strangers that are just like staring at them and whispering behind their backs when they pass on the street. And then at the end, like a literal torch-wielding lynch mob comes to lynch him. And I'm like, of yeah, 12 this is people, it. by the oh. way. Yeah, <laughs> mob well, is 12 people. <laughs> 12 people all heavily armed. Yeah. And that's, I swear, not to interrupt you, but I swear no. to God, before, um, I think it was Megan that mentioned that this was filmed in Texas. In my notes, I wrote down, what are they in Texas? Because every <laughs> single person has a gun. <laughs> Everyone yeah. has like an escalating version of a gun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All, all, a lot of white males with guns. And white women, <laughs> they were just, everybody's packing. Um, and yeah, it, there's a literal lynch mob that comes to lynch him for dating a living girl at the end. And I'm just like, man, like, my black eyes are looking at this. And I'm just like, what are we, what are we doing? Somebody should have stepped in and said, hey, let's, let's peel back some of that. Uh, didn't need all of it. Um, now, I, this is something that I do, I think, relatively often now because I have no perspective on this. I need to ask the, the women on this pod, would a dude wearing a locket around his neck with a picture of you as a six-year-old, would that have been cute or creepy? Creepy. Well, was, did, was, he at, was he wearing the locket or had he just had this for her since they were children as a gift? Well, there was a time travel thing. So she, yeah. he, he had it for her wrapped up as a gift this whole time. But then when he comes back from heaven and gets shot and survives, he has it on then. Wait, we'll have to, I think we're, we, we do have to break down the ending. It has to be its whole, because it really fucks with the rest of this movie. Um, but yeah, yeah, the like having the locket with them as kids was weird. I guess it was sweet because he's had it since they were children. But at the same time, I'm like, update them out i don't think she knew that though like when she when she sees him after he's been shot and survives i don't think he's like oh i've been holding on to this to give it to you the entire time he's like oh i just wear this like this is something i wear he gives her the present like he still gives it to her as a present but but after he's been shot through it he was he was wearing it when he got shot the second because she puts it back on him when he's down on the gym floor yeah that was a different reality no you wear it you're dying but but i think that was i think we would just I think we advanced in time and then went back in time. And that's what saved him is the locket from the new reality, not the six-year-old reality. But, again, but she now? did not know that. She only exists in one reality. No. Like only, no. She doesn't know that she gave this to him. This is, again, another one of those things. Yeah, this is, again, another one of those things where I'm like, oh, we're jumping time now? That's, that's <laughs> Wait, are we doing comic books? Are we jumping time? Are we doing crazy... I, Nightmares. Like, We're doing all of it. I think we have to talk time. about it. Yeah. 
Okay, so if I wrote this down correctly for the ending, we've already slightly mentioned it. He dies for real at the prom after dancing with her. And he shows up to heaven, a uh-huh. church, waiting in line. Is it St. Peter? It's like, I'm where assuming the fuck that's St. Peter. I okay. think that's St. Peter. British St. Peter. He's like, where have you been? You've been gone. Like, we've been wait. Oh, it was an accident. You really weren't supposed to die. This was supposed to happen. So that's why you were a zombie. But it was kind of like a do. It was a mistake. But being a zombie <laughs> was like a do-over or a test. And based upon what you did then, you'll find out where you're going to go. So I was like, oh, heaven, hell, based upon what happens. But yeah. then we replay his whole death. And then the mm-hmm. locket was strong mm-hmm. enough to stop a bullet. So now he gets mm-hmm. to live. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> I'll check that out. No, St. Saint Peter's like, sorry, bro. We fucked up. Um, Go back uh, and do we're, it. We're, we're not going to like put you like after everything happened, but we're going to give you another shot and we'll make sure it uh, falls in your favor this time. So he gets a second shot because like coming back from the dead, he also got to shoot a shot with Missy, but then he goes to purgatory and they're like we fucked up so now you get to go again for real uh-huh. I don't yep. know. it was weird yeah the second time if this is something that comes from like heaven and god he's coming back as a bloodthirsty flesh-seeking <laughs> zombie like this a is horny god's zombie. plan <laughs> he comes back as a horny zombie right no that's when we learn where zombies in, in, in this universe come from they come from <laughs> mistakes they happen that God made. Listen, I, I will tell you, when I was in high school, I, Megan, you might have watched this with us. We used to watch a movie called Dawn of the Dead, like the original George A. Romero's Dawn of the Dead. Oh, yeah. I may, I may have watched it with you. you I have. think I've seen it 10 times with oh, you guys. Right, and right, I paint blood in the uh, shopping mall. Yeah, yeah we, yes. I will somehow find a way to make that a teen movie as well so we can talk about that one. But uh, It was so bad. The explanation in that movie makes less sense than this one. Because in that movie, they just say, when hell is full, the dead will walk the earth. And that's like, okay, got it. That's enough. <laughs> so, like, yeah, at least works. here they tried to explain how yeah. he came back. Um, it, Do we have, like, a bouncer with, with a counter who knows when it's going to be full and then we're, man, we're fucked? Or, or we just have to wait? And you know what? And I'll, I'll tell you, it doesn't happen. I'm not even sure that's what happens. The guy that says that says his old voodoo grandpappy always said when ah, hell is full mm-hmm. that'll walk the earth so like he's just talking shit at that point he doesn't know what he's talking about sure um we need to talk about johnny's parents a little bit here um we 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 mentioned them so briefly about the ending but whatever we'll, the ending it's not gonna make sense it's it's it bad sense. it's 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 slapped no. on it's just like the ending to um idle hands they just oh, right. stitch together in 30 seconds and that's what we get also, the fix the fix never happens. The coffee, the coffee spilling, him slip on it, that do, it still doesn't happen the second if, time If around. you go back in time to the moment you die, the moment that dude runs in there, you do something. You tackle him, you throw something at him, throw that coffee pot at him. He did nothing. He did the exact same yeah. shit again. Like, oh, I'll be fine this time, I guess. And like, he has a Dive out of the way, baby. Bulletproof locket, which, hey, we oh, should all get one of those. A, a bulletproof locket that a six-year-old can afford. That, yeah. that doesn't seem real at all. Um, so, yeah, so Johnny's parents, they are, to me, like peak early 90s movie or sitcom parents. Everything they do, they are Clarissa's parents from Clarissa Explains It All. Like, they are so corny. And they have that whole thing where, like, the mom has 
a gigantic 12 course breakfast laid out and Johnny has time for a donut on his way out of the house. I'm like, this is, this is the sweet spot of my youth. These parents, but it reminds mm. me of the parents in license to drive. I don't know if you remember that yep. with Corey Haim. That's oh, what yeah. I kept thinking that about. That's Driver's both Corey's, right? That's <laughs> Corey Haim and Corey Feldman. Yes, yep. Yeah. The Corey's. Um, yeah. yeah. I was okay with that. But then when they are fully on board with him being a zombie and living a zombie lifestyle. I'm like, well, this is not what I thought from Clarissa's parents. Mr. and Mrs. Right. Darling would not be handling zombie Clarissa or Sam in August mm. Ferguson in this way. Yeah. Also, um, they were in shock. They were in they're shock. Just, they're just going to be that? like supportive of their little boy. Like oh no matter what, what state he's in. <laughs> oh my God. Like, <laughs> and he was gone and now he's back. They're probably pretty happy, even though he's he's dead and all that zombie stuff, fine. But he comes walking through. They thought they'd never see him again. The mom also no. seems to be aware of the flesh-eating thing before he tells her. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and she's prepared with a little boy, which, okay, so she understands he has to eat flesh and going to give her a child. But then later on gets a dead person from the morgue, which doesn't yes. fit the rules of what he should be eating no this mom is a zombie enthusiast i think is what <laughs> we're coming around to like the dad just kind of seems unbothered by everything the mom is like i am here for this i kidnapped this child you can eat him right now sure if you look in the fridge i stole a dead man from the morgue and just stuffed him right in the fridge for a snack yeah uh, she was pumped that he it's like it's like he got into harvard like she is pumped that he's a zombie and then when the mob shows up at their house, whether that was Chuck's dad or but Philip Seymour Hoffman's dad shows up with yeah. some, some hillbilly buddies that are all armed to kill him, she pulls out a shotgun and is like, get out of my house and start shooting at the house. Like Before she, that happens, oh though, she she's very protective mama bear of her son. But when she opens the door, she basically admits that her son killed Buck. Yeah, she's not like, oh, my son's not here. I don't know what you're talking about. My son's dead, whatever. No. And she just completely is on board. She's like, oh yeah, he's right there. Right. And yes, he did kill and eat your son. Yeah, ma'am, ma'am. Um, yeah, uh, thank, thank, thank you for having us in in our home. Uh, your son uh, killed my son, and uh, yeah, we have something to say about that. We just need to talk to him. Just have him come yeah. right over here, and we'll just talk to him. Yeah, yeah. no problem. Also. Buck killed himself, or Chuck killed, whatever. Which Seymour the, Philip best, Seymour Hoffman. One of the best death scenes I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. by taking a, yeah. like the fire axe, and when he pulled it back, <laughs> he like jammed it into his own skull. And I'm yeah. like, oh no, brained himself. Oh no, <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> Look, uh, before I, I have more to th say about, uh, the parents. Before we get onto that, can we talk about what he was doing as an actor? Unclear. Like, he's doing Sling Blade before Sling Blade came out. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I don't know what he was doing. There, you can tell at one point before he hits him with the axe, like they're going through the library and then they're going through the hallway. They had to like redub his lines and it's very bad, like ADR, where it doesn't yeah. match up. And I was like, what the fuck was he actually saying? Like, I was trying to read his lips and it's just like. Like I played it four it times. I played it four yeah. times trying to see what the fuck he was saying. I gave up. It, my thought was watching this, knowing what he becomes as an actor, I'm like, we're seeing where he drew his Capote accent from. 
because <laughs> it's not it's not unlike this it's just a lot better because he like he's older but like i he he looked how like a, he, a henchman how did he get this role I, like i literally don't <laughs> understand like he didn't look like a high schooler he, his he had this weird accent he didn't yeah. seem like anyone buck would be hanging out with like he wasn't really a goon he was more of a goonie like he looked I, like I'm, his I'm name was so igor like, yes. he, like an igor like he yeah he basically had like a hunchback yeah it was i was like if he came into the if that was his audition <laughs> you know bob balaban love him but i'd, I'd be like oh interesting son let's uh what else you got like not going like love it no You're it, high. it was it was deranged is what the I first time the first time he's on screen, I didn't realize that was Philip Seymour Hoffman. And I'm like, what is up with this henchman? Like, that's all that yeah. I had. I'm like, oh, that's Philip Seymour Hoffman, like, acting. I, right. it's so weird to look at. No, first take wasn't quite enough. Bob Balaban's like, give me a little bigger. more. <laughs> bigger. Give me a little bigger, please. Bigger, bigger. Yeah, just, yeah, just talk weird. We can always do it over an ADR. Don't, don't yeah. worry about it. Yeah. And it's, it, it's, it's incredible. It's amazing. But for, Megan, when you said like he didn't look like a high schooler, I did have in my notes about Johnny. I was like, are we supposed to believe this man is in high school? Like this, like, he's 38. Like he was like 43 was like, why is this guy my age? This movie? Yeah. I'm like, when, when, I, when he first like sat up in bed, I'm like, oh, he's 32 years old. Like, he's he already had the gray face. Yeah. When, when he woke up, I'm like, oh, bad makeup, man. <laughs> Bad yeah. makeup. What's going on? He, oh. he looked old. He's got he looked old. About the capital gains tax. I, no, I, I, I think he was 23 when they made this movie, but he looked oh much God. older. As my mom much would older. say, that's a rough 23. Like he has yep. seen some things in his life. Like he smokes a lot of cigarettes. Um, yeah, that was, now, sorry, just had to throw that. No, in. listen. So back to the parents here, quick, because I, I had to talk about More folks. About the well, because well, it's it's a, it's a segue because oh, okay. they never really make an effort to like find out why their son is back or like what to do now that he's back. They call a doctor. I assume that was like his pediatrician. Yeah, they, was that Doctor Bronson that they called? There was like a different doctor. I think they I thought it was Doc. Yeah, I thought it was a pediatrician, yeah. a Doctor Bronson. That's what I figured. Which at thirty-eight needs a pediatrician. Thirty-eight-year-old needs a pediatrician. They they baby him, but so they didn't they didn't contact like Maggie Benson, who apparently the whole town knows that her husband came back and lived with her for some number of years. Apparently, after he died, they didn't even go to the school library and get one of those books. Why wouldn't so he 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 knows that the grave digger wasn't shocked by his presence? Why wouldn't he have gone back and talked to the grave digger? Yep. Yep, that's a mentor, son. Like, you need to talk yeah. to him to find out all he knows. He knows a he lot knows things, more yeah. than your library books know. I forgot that Cloris Leachman's character had a name. Oh, I yeah. Just, but that, that's the movie I want to know. How did Cloris and her husband figure out, oh, 20 minutes will get you a bite? You know, like, yeah. how much experimenting? Like, I want, whatever movie she was in, that's the movie I want more of. Because yes. it was a grounded performance. She made me believe... Her husband came back from the dead and they worked through it and he ate people and they made it okay. <laughs> now he's just gone and she's still just lost without him. Well, he probably did bad things and went to hell based on probably. the whole heaven makes mistakes thing. Yeah. 
rented time. Oh, yeah. He was even just like, we will never know. He's gone now. (laughs) Well, maybe maybe he's asleep. I don't know. We never see him. And she doesn't seem like she's, when he's like, you're telling me to eat people? He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't say that. But like, yes. But like, yeah, do it. (laughs) (laughs) It was very strange. I should have called her out. I loved every minute, of course, when we never saw her again. I no. almost cried a little bit. I, I was, sad. <laughs> she was She was very, she's good in everything, but she was very good in this. Um, so yeah, we can talk about the doctor. Yeah, let's Please. talk about Dr. Bronson. Because he, I think he's a professional mad scientist. Like, I think that his job is mad science. He has a degree in mad science. Like, he, his, I, don't, I wonder what he does to, like, make money day to day. Because he has just bubbling beakers as far no, as think, He's a pediatrician. He's just a doctor. He, that's not if you walk into your doctor's office and that's what you see like yeah. run for your fucking life well, doctors are scientists i mean experimentation i mean it's part of being a scientist man i guess you know yeah. that's a fucking sawbones that's not a real yeah. doctor that's okay. like a, a medicine man or some shit so, <laughs> we ultimately have to say though dr bronson somehow magically figures out some sort of serum that he thinks it can help save Johnny, but his yeah. nurse convinces him, no, you've cracked the code on anti-aging, and I just don't understand <laughs> how Johnny's skin reanimation, if you extract it and you put it into a chicken and put that chicken in an oven in a or box. something, it a metal box. as a chick. I <laughs> It, it, none of that made you didn't even try to make it make sense also that would be like trying to find the cure to cancer but using the cancer in the medicine yeah mm. it yes. doesn't that that doesn't like why this serum should exist independently of the zombie skin yeah theoretically yes. no you should be able to synthesize second, what did it no it's the second step with the underpants gnomes this is you, you put the chicken in, in the oven with all that and two question mark step three profit and then you get profit. Dana looks real confused. I'll have to put that image up on our Instagram. It's it's a South Park thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, no, Step okay. one, okay. steal the underpants. Step two, question mark. Step three, profit. Profit. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, we don't we don't know exactly the, the between. But step two is uh, a chicken with zombie a skin. Lot, on. Yeah, a, a chicken shot up with some zombie skin, put into a box for a minute, and then he's a chick. It's not, it's not a, like yeah. there's like a lever. It's, not a, it's, it's, it's like a dial and a lever and it's smoke some sort of oven. Out. This yeah. is my it's, belief. It's a toaster oven. Easy bake. Um, right. It's an easy bake oven. I the whole thing about the doctor, his performance was so nonchalant and calm about everything. Like he he I don't know like what he has seen in his life, but he was not bothered by anything in the least bit. Like all right, you're dead. That's all right. That's cool. That's, I'll cut forty pounds of your flesh off and put that into this little thing and cook some some serum up, and you'll be you're gonna die again. But like, I'll get rich. He was just so like not bothered. Even when the mob storms his office, he's like, oh, that's all right. The mob's in here now. He, he also jumped. He also jumped ship really quickly from "I made a vow to this boy to save his life" to democratic oath. You know, to being he's already into broken. It. Yeah, he's already broken. Do no harm. That's pretty he simple. Harm. He harmed. He was he was ready to do a lot of harm, even, like, even right. to a dead person. Like yeah. the moment his his assistant is like, "You can make a shitload of money." He's like, "I can make a shitload of money." You're right. Get that dead guy back in here. Right. Is it? I feel like your Hippocratic oath might be void if the 
patient's dead. No, I like maybe not. Okay, I'm not. Oops. No, no, probably not. Because you, you still want to bring them back. You can have a full philosophical argument about it if you like. Let's not do that. I think I think the Hippocratic Oath is broken when you enter mad science. I think most yeah. mad science is harming stuff. So right. like, yeah, that's kind of comes Sorry. to territory. Um, you know, this movie was oddly quotable. I would say mm-hmm. there were a lot of lines that stuck out at least. So let's let's jump into some potent quotables here. What did you say? Um, who has some lines that caught their ear this week? Say goodnight, sex boy. There it is. That's the one. <laughs> I've been waiting wow. all podcast for that one. That was perfect. Oh my J- god. J.O. Sanders is a character actor who I admire. He's yeah. he's been on every law and order that I've ever seen. I see like one episode of like criminal intent, and he's awesome. But just to see him in the police uniform and then cocking the shotgun and saying something as ridiculous as that, incredible. He has the face of a crooked cop. Like, he yes. looks like a cop that's on the take. Yeah. yeah. That's all I've got. Yes. Yeah. I forgot Go, go that on. One. That, that one's so great. That was good. Um, we didn't quote what she said, but we mentioned it. When Mrs. Dingle, there's just a, a dead-ass man in the fridge. So she had to take all the shelves out. And Johnny's asking her, like, where did you? She's like, oh, I found it at the mortuary. She's practically giving them away. Giving them away. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think I nailed her line reading, but it was just, uh, yeah, she's very, like, quaint, Midwestern, like, nice of a mom. She's Minnesota nice. Yeah, Minnesota nice. That's it. Yeah. But yeah. My, I, my mother-in-law is Minnesota nice. This woman is my mother-in-law. <laughs> she's yeah, Minnesota nice. It. That was all I had. I thought it really tickled my, my funny bone. Well, there were there were a couple lines um, from the parents that I, I think really sort of set the, the scene for how unbothered they are by all this. The first is at the funeral, as they're lowering the casket into the ground, Johnny's dad says, goodbye, son. Be nice to God. Like, no, you know, this is your <laughs> this is your only child. Like, This is your only child. You had hopes and dreams for his future. You'll never be grandparents now. And your your goodbye line is goodbye, son. Be nice to God. Um, a little bit later on, he says, "You know, son, this is when Johnny walks into the house. I think this might be the first thing he says to him when he realizes his son is back from the dead. He says, "You know, son, your mother and I, and the ambulance driver, and the coroner, and the embalmer, we were all pretty <laughs> convinced that you were dead." And I'm like. What? Because he's dead. Like, you, you, where is your sense of freak out? And then the last <sighs> one, um, as he, he walks in the house, I think from like a long day at the office is kind of how he's presented. He wears bow ties. I wear bow ties, so I felt seen by him. But like, I would not wear one to work. But he walks in um, from the office or whatever. It was like, oh, hey, son, did you by any chance murder a boy at school today? It's like, <laughs> you should be freaking out. You have a flesh-eating monster living in your home. Who has killed and you don't care? He didn't kill Chuck. His dad doesn't know that. that. Okay, sorry. It's, we uh, it's just, it gets under my skin. You didn't, you didn't kill Chuck. <laughs> Chuck killed himself. Speaking yeah. of the embalmer, um, don't they take out your eyes when they embalm you? They take out everything, I think. Okay. Just All your organs, checking. I believe. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know this isn't a fact-based movie, but uh, oh, it is not. <laughs> he has his eyes. Yeah, they, they take out, I think, all the organs that might go to somebody else, and eyes are for sure included in that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This movie is... Uh, it's 
it's on its own planet. Actually, accurate. Yeah. Thank God. Is there is there a fact in this movie? Uh, nope. Nope. I mean, it's a is a thing. It's definitely not that dogs open refrigerators to take dead people out of them. No, <laughs> and, and that dog why. that dog was strong, dragging <laughs> a man a- across the kitchen into the family room and like wrestle the dad for it. Like that dog is roided up. Um. Yeah, there were also, uh, there was a moment here, we talked about how the movie is a heavy-handed allegory for, like, interracial couples. There's, like, two lines back-to-back from Philip Seymour Hoffman's dad, where he yells at Missy, shut up, you little zombie slut, and I'm like, all right, man, look, she's a child, she's a 17-year-old girl, you need to calm down with that shit. I think he said that in front of her dad, as a matter of fact. Yeah. He calls her Tramp, Zombie Lover, Whore of the Undead. I'm like, I heard Zombie Lover. I'm like, buddy, okay. yeah, yeah. Put the N-word in that. Zombie yeah. It It's not okay what you're doing here. Uh, and then to top it off, Sheriff McLeod at dinner. You are not taking my daughter to the prom, you stupid zombie son of a bitch. And again, like the N-word goes right in there and we have an uncomfortable scene from Remember the Titans. Like that's, that's basically what they're giving us here. Mm. My Lord. My, 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 my. Um, guys, yeah, it was we, we did it. I'm trying to think there's anything else, though. Are there like, any others there, you wanted to get into? There was a line that I liked from Buck. He goes, I would walk on glass and eat donkeys for you. Eat donkeys? <laughs> donkeys. <laughs> Donkeys. Donkeys are very monkey. muscly. No, they're very I'm like, muscly. Why, why would you? It, it wouldn't be that. good meat. Yeah, it's unfortunate. No, no. Also, like that translates to eat ass. Oh, <laughs> I, I do. I do feel like he eats ass. Like I, I, I'd see him doing that. Um, this isn't a quote, but the grave digger. The way he's able to sway the crowd at the end. <laughs> if he would have been at the Capitol storming, he would have resolved everything. For real. For real, if that man was a Republican senator, there would not have been a storming of the Capitol. Like he, <laughs> he, that speech, I was like, well, this is not a great speech. And the crowd was like, you're right. He should live amongst us. <laughs> I'm just like, whoa, word. Like they were, they were turned on a dime. And Philip Seymour Hoffman's dad was like, really? I'm the only one who wants to kill him now? Like we were going to burn him alive three minutes ago. And now you guys are all like, let's build a statue in his honor and maybe make a, I don't know, a scholarship in his name. Like they, they loved him after that speech, which was wild to me from a vagrant who lives in the graveyard. Apparently. No, um, it's not a vagrant. He's just a grave digger. Wait, was, was that the home? speech where it was just like, he died for her. Would you have died for her? This yeah. Yeah. Yes. He, he was would, like, would you die for someone? Come back to the dead for someone? Eat someone yes, for that someone? That was the one that got him. It was, would you die for your daughter? He's like, yeah, I'd probably die for her. And he's like, would you come back from the dead for her? And he's like, yeah, I guess. Would you eat someone for her? And he's like, oh, no, no. I would not eat someone for my daughter. Well, he would. He loves her more than you. I'm like, but yeah, didn't Johnny uh, have to? Didn't Johnny have to eat? <laughs> well, he had to eat to go to prom with her. If he didn't eat, he wouldn't have gone to prom. Yeah, I feel like those are questions you can't answer until you're in this situation. So. <laughs> we, we, okay, we did this at work one time, and I, I had a coworker who was outraged at us for our answer to this. 
Um, so my my design team is very tiny. There's like six of us. I think the newest employee has been there for like four or five years now. So we're, we're a pretty tight crew. And we do a lot of uh, like, would you rather? One of them was if you were stranded on a spaceship, um, like on the space station, and you guys mm. ran out of food, would you eat the dead people you were up there with to give yourself a chance of being rescued from Earth? Or would you just starve to death? And the whole design team was like, oh, I'd eat people. Like, yeah, they're already, I'm not going to kill someone, but they're already dead. And then my coworker, Tina, came like running around the corner. Like, what is wrong with you people? Like, how <laughs> dare you? I'd eat somebody. Like, not on well, purpose. Long pig, you know. Not on purpose? <laughs> not, not like, you know, by design. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, I guess that's reassuring. But I will say, I learned at a museum in San Diego that what parts of the peop- of the human body has the most calories, gotta get them thighs. I was gonna say thighs and butt, I would assume. Yeah, yeah. there's like over 5,000 calories in a human thigh. So. <laughs> you have a cookbook, don't you? <laughs> yeah, it's just the Museum so of Man in San Diego had a cannibal, had a cannibal exhibit and you had to play like operation and as, as you oh, removed no. body parts they would tell you how many calories in this work nope. it was quite entertaining i assume army hammer has funded that exhibit um <laughs> guys one of the things that we like to do on this pod is take a look at kind of a minor character and see if this was like the start of big things or the peak of their whole career so it is time for an imdb deep dive uh, this week, we are diving on Tracy Lind, who played Missy, because it was hard as shit to pick anybody from this movie to fucking do. There are very few, like, minor teenage characters. Um, at one point, I was going to do, like, the nerdy guy we see at the very beginning of the movie, but he has, like, three credits, and I didn't recognize any of them. I was going to yep. do Melissa Taub, who is in the credits as Beefy Girl in the library, but what? also... Yeah, beefy. She beefy. Okay, but also didn't really have any credits worth talking about. There's a woman in this movie theater when they go on their date who was in her 90s, I guess, in the movie. She's born in 1902, <laughs> so I didn't I didn't recognize an old lady in there, but she was in there. Uh, she had a total of four credits, the first of which was 1966. <laughs> so she she acted like once per decade. Hmm. Um, but we're really trying to focus on the younger actors. So I was pretty limited. I wasn't going to do Philip Seymour Hoffman or the guy that was in Lost. So like, these are our choices here. Um, so I picked Tracy Lynn. She had 32 credits. This was her 24th. Uh, she was previously in Fame, uh, but the TV series, not the movie. So yeah. <laughs> the lesser of the two Fames. She was in one episode of 21 Jump Street. She was in a CBS after school special called Juvie, which sounds awesome. Like I want to watch that about going to Juvie, I guess. Mm. Um, here's why I picked her. She played Off Warren in the 1990 version of The Handmaid's Tale. Oh, yeah. You guys, uh, I'm going to put the link to this trailer because it looks insane. Um, Faye Dunaway, Aiden Quinn, and Robert Duvall are in this version of The Handmaid's Tale. What? It looks real shitty compared to the current version. Wait, like It looks like trash. Was it a Is TV a f- movie? I don't no, think so. With, it, it with those a, names? Like in the theater movie from 1990, yeah. Yes. Oh, no. F- Faye Dunaway plays uh, the commander's wife in that Serena movie. Serena Joy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and she, it, it, it looks like she's in Dynasty or Dallas. 
<laughs> like it's not they don't do the whole post-apocalyptic thing at all it just looks like this is just set like in the late 80s in a, like a rich community um they, watch this well nice. they i didn't <laughs> see i didn't see of warren in there but um the offered character her hair is teased to the heavens like she looks super glam the whole time and i'm like well that's not that doesn't make sense compared to what I know for this film. But yeah, I, I do want to watch that. I'm going to put the link to that trailer because it's something you guys all should look at. Um, she also played the female lead in uh, Class of 1999, which sounds super insane. Um, I'm going to try our damnedest to have us cover that at some point because it, uh, oof. The, the synopsis is basically like they're at a high school that's in the future, like a, a trash can fire future. And there's like roving gangs that just run the school apparently. And she has to like survive escape from LA style. It sounds like. So we need to watch that. Um, after this movie, she was in the road to Wellville, which is a movie oh, yeah. I have talked about. Yeah. Back in the election episode. Um, we're not going to cover that movie, but watch it if you can. It's pretty funny. And then her last credit was 1997. Um, she also ended her career playing a character named Missy in a movie called Cadillac. And it seems like she retired from acting after that. She has a couple of kids now. Um, she married a guy who I don't think is famous, but they put his name in her like IMDb biography anyway. So, but yeah, she, that was kind of my only choice here. So Tracy Lynn, there you go. I, I do need to watch that version of a handmaid. Still, I hope it's streaming somewhere because I need to watch yeah. that. Um, that does bring us to the end of our podcast, uh, which just like the end of the school year means it's time to hand out some superlatives. Buck or Chuck, not sure which one, is the most likely not to take no for an answer. Um, he dragged that girl to prom against her will. Mm -hmm. Eddie is most likely to get talked into committing a bank robbery by Terry Twist. That joke and a callback for our fans. Uh, Missy is most likely to leave Johnny for a guy who will really piss off her dad because I think he's not enough at this point if he's just alive with a locket. What's and, next? Vampire. Yeah. <laughs> Vampire. Ooh. Werewolf. Uh, yeah. Ghost. Johnny is most likely to pull the I took a bullet for you card every time oh, yeah. he and Missy get into an argument. Like that's going to be his standard go to every fucking time. Um, our next movie is Dana's Choice. Dana, what are we watching next? Um, I'm like not totally sure if it fits with the parameters we're trying to stick with, but I am going to go with Easy A because I think it's on Netflix right now. That's a time warp, I think. Ooh. Yeah, that works. Time it after 05? It's like 2010. Yeah, time warp. Play the sound effect. Time, is it? Time, okay. time jump? Time jump? It's, if it's no. Time warp. no. I thought we... I thought we were up to like 2010. Like, no, we were okay. we were like 95 to 05, like our high school and college years, basically. We were all were we? adults by that. No, time. we've d we've done ones that are more recent than 05. Which? Oh, John Tucker Must Die was I think 07. John Tucker and I think Drumline wasn't that. No, Drumline was before that. Regardless, also, I'm, I'm playing the sound effect, so fuck it. Okay, like, sorry, really sorry to get into this whole debate right now, but I'm the only one who graduated college in 05, so like y'all were, it's not too far removed. From no, it's know. it's close. I I've never seen that movie, but I'm excited ah. for it. I like Emma Stone a lot, so I, I do. That. Um, before we sign off here, Shannon, you want to let everyone know where they can find you? 
Sure. You can follow me on Instagram at ShannonLee6982 and listen to my podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, whatever. It's called The Thing Is, Ding. And we talk about bad dates, fighting, and the paranormal. Goats. There you go. And basically what we talked about tonight. Yeah. <laughs> bad dates, yeah. fighting, and the paranormal. <laughs> uh, guys, that does it for this week's episode. Um, if you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe, rate, review. Uh, the caricature competition is over. We don't know when we're going to get that cowboy hat, but probably next week. Um, but please feel free to keep on leaving us those reviews because you guys love us so much. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Recapping Gown Pod, R-E-C-A-P-N-G-O-W-N-P-O-D. And join our Facebook group, Recapping Gown Fan Club. Um, we'll keep this discussion going all week. I am going to link that video of the trailer for Handmaid's Tale because I watched it today with my mouth agape like three times in a row. Uh, if you didn't like what you heard, in the words of Philip Seymour Hoffman, we don't like your kind around here. You're stinking up the whole school. <laughs> Take it easy, millennials. We will see you next week.